You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Built on the Rock, a radio show dedicated to helping couples, married, engaged, and dating couples to build their relationships on Jesus Christ, the rock of our faith. Here I am at my home with my co-host, Sandy Labuvi. Good morning, Sandy. How are you doing? Good morning, Father Grudo. I'm doing very well. Thank you. It's... um. Nice that the weather is starting to slowly warm up. Hopefully no more setbacks to snow. <laughs> well, in Chicago, I don't think you can predict that. You never know what's coming. You've got to be prepared for anything, don't you? <laughs> I know, I know. Of course, there are so many things going on. Um, of course, on the top of our consciousness and our minds is what is going on in Ukraine. And we, our hearts go, go out to those people who are suffering the men who are defending their land, the women and children who are leaving their homes, people who are being killed and injured. I know the West and the free democracies have rallied together to come to their aid. And just last week, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, you know, really he was moved by this tragedy and he asked Russia to stop. But I don't know if they will listen. We only can pray to our God because throughout the centuries and the millennia, God has rescued human beings from terrible, terrible wars and calamities. So I think we need to turn to the Lord. And of course, we do what we can. And I know the West is trying to do as much as possible. So we'll keep them in prayer. Anyway, on a, another note, of course, uh, life goes on. and. Uh, I think, Sandy, you reminded me that uh, we haven't done a show in a couple of months. Right. It's been since December, I think, um, that we had our couple on the show that we will be talking about further in today's show. Um, but between now and then, or then and now, I should say, you um, you had a trip. You left America and headed back home for the first time in how long? Oh, yes. A couple, couple years. Yes. I mean, I, I wanted to go and visit my family. I hadn't seen them in two years. I wanted right. to go home. Uh, but it was challenging, to tell the least, uh, because there are so many requirements for travel. Uh, you have to fill out this form and that form. You have to show proof of negative test. And so it was not a very enjoyable trip. But the upside was that I could spend time with my family. I was able to see my brothers and sisters, my nieces and nephews, 
my family, spend time with them. And uh, I was also able to celebrate the wedding of one of my nephews, which is always very special. So, you know, I hope that things will get better and better for travel. Um, because as we can already see, the mask mandates have come off and hopefully things will improve and we'll be in a better place. Right, right. I agree with you. Hopefully by the next time you head home, it will look very different. I hope so. Yes. 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 Well, it's good to have you back, Father Brito, and it's good to be back on the program today um, where we actually would like to review the wisdom, the nuggets, the oh. wonderful insights we gained from our couple, David and Karen Grapel, whom we interviewed last December. What a delight, Father yes. What a delight yeah. to have them on the show. I hope they are listening to our, um, our unpacking of their wisdom. Um, and, and if they are, I really hope they hear it when we tell them what a wonderful couple they were to have on the show and how much we appreciate their openness in sharing about their marriage and their family relationship with us um, for the benefit of our listeners. So um, by way of review, uh, since it's been a couple of months, uh, we always like to catch the listeners up to what exactly it was, who exactly this wonderful couple was that we had on the show. So um, quickly, uh, David and Karen had met at the University of Illinois uh -huh. uh, at the Newman Center at the University of Illinois. Right off the bat, Karen was expressing to us what a great place that is to meet, um, oh. where faith is already the thing you have in common. You already know something about this person you're meeting because you're sharing in that faith community together. So it was a wonderful place for their relationship to have begun, even though it was just a friendship at that time. Um, what really escalated things was when, so David had moved to Minnesota after graduating, and he knew nobody in Minnesota, and he was starting to make roots for himself there. Uh, three years later, Karen had gone to Minnesota for an internship, I believe, at the same company where David was working. So they were reunited at that point out in Minnesota now. And David, having just been through the process of trying to reroute yourself where you don't really know anybody, was very kind and welcoming to Karen and invited her to church with him where he played his guitar. And we know Karen has a beautiful voice. So they were able to be involved in music ministry together. And they just grew really close over those next two summers. Um, but it wasn't until Karen accepted a job out in Minnesota and moved there permanently um, that they then began dating. And eventually they got married, have been married for 22 years now, and have four children, I believe, um, ranging in ages from 13 through 20. So their hands are quite full. Their life is quite busy. But they made time to join us and share their story with us. Um, it was a real treat for you and I to have them back. Oh, you know, right off the bat, I, I reflect on how many wonderful Catholic couples have come out of St. John's. Yes. I mean, I had the privilege of being there for five years. And I have met some amazing young people, including you, Sandy. And uh, they have gone on to build great marriages and uh, form great Catholic families. And they have become, you know, leaders in their own parish communities. It is so heartwarming to see that. And I think that is one of the lessons probably we have learned from them. That is, why not meet your future spouse in a context of faith? You know, because if you do not really understand the faith, how do you build 
a strong sacramental marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, very often I wonder, so many couples, even those I prepare, I spend a lot of time with each couple, as you know. In spite of that, during the Mass and the ceremony, I can see how they are so distracted. They are talking to each other. They are laughing at each other. They miss the point that here you are in God's house. We are celebrating the sacrament. We got to be prayerful and focus on this God who brought you together. You know, it gets lost. I think we get sucked into the, into the mainstream culture, which looks at it as a celebration, fun thing. It's all about the reception. And you know, how many couples will say, how quickly can we finish the celebration, the, oh, the church yeah. celebration? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, That's so I think, I think that is a very important thing to think about. Why not meet somebody in the faith, in the context of, rather than meeting them on Tinder or Bumble or whatever the, the online, you know, you sweep to the right or left or whatever they do. Oh. <laughs> wow, you know more about that than I do, Father. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know you speak with many couples. Yes, I agree. And I'd even like to step back from that even um, one step more and say um, just that process of discovery in our own lives, in our own personal walk with the Lord that draws us into communities like this. It's amazing what God can do when we step into that fertile ground. So in, as in the case of Karen and David and many of these couples you're referring to from Koinonia community, it's not that they enter the community seeking that person. You know, they enter oh, the community. Yeah, they enter the community as a place to join like-minded people and grow in faith together. And oh, what a wonderful place then to go ahead and, and develop these relationships that could turn into something more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. But but also, I think, you know, I would encourage parents yes. to tell their children who are young adults going into college to seek out the Newman Centers, to yes. seek out the campus ministry, you know, because I have seen personally how many young people, they might have had different experiences before they came to, to the church, to the, to the Newman Center, but then they have this revival of their faith a restoration of their faith, and they change and they move on and grow and flourish. I wish that when I see young people going to college, I always tell them, go and seek out the Newman Center or the campus ministry. Yes. Anyway, yes. but the, I think Karen and, uh, and um, what do you call, Dave had some very important lessons to share with us. You know, yeah. time will fly. So let's. Yeah, we better move right into the first one because we're going to have to take a break here shortly. So um, one of the first lessons that kind of came out a little bit organically, it wasn't um, that they were trying to necessarily drive the point home, but it has to do with how they came together. And Karen was explaining that and she felt the need to, to, to point out to women um, the importance of not over pursuing she said it's very important not to over pursue a man because there is something intrinsic to men where they actually want to be the pursuer. Um, now, we're speaking generally. That's not the case with everybody. But generally speaking, men want to be that pursuer. And in the story of Karen and David, she knew well before David did how her feelings, what her feelings were for David. She knew she was committed to the relationship, probably wanted to continue to take it um, further. And so much so that in a sense, she almost smothered David a little bit with that. And all of a sudden, David got to a point where he said, 
wait a minute, I'm not even sure what I feel, you know, I need to take a break here and, and think through this. And so they actually did break up at that point. Now it lasted not even a day <laughs> because the next morning, David realized how much he had missed Karen. He reached out to her and they decided to meet for lunch. And they said it was at that meeting that they both were on the same page and knew. But the point is, it's, it's important for both people to be able to come to that realization on their own and not feel pressured or smothered or over-pursued by their mate. But I think there is another point there. When David realized the next day how much he was missing Karen, mm -hmm. he came to this realization that I need her in my life. And I think that is a point that every couple should come to before they really commit themselves to each other. You know, it's not that I like this person, you like me, but my life won't be what it is without you. And that I think tells you that you can move the relationship to the next level. Right. You know? And sometimes you come to that realization easier than the other. Sometimes you're not in the same yeah, timeline yeah. there as in the case with David and Karen. And that's where it's good as a couple to actually step back and say, wait a minute, let me evaluate this on my own so that I know where I'm at in this relationship instead of feeling like you need to comply or move at the same pace as the other. And that break was a turning point for Karen and David. It could have gone either way, but that's when David had the time to step back and realize, like you're saying, that he needs Karen and wants Karen yeah. in his life. So yeah, um, um, oh, I was just going to say, I think it might be time to think about taking a break now, right, Father Bruto? Uh, I think we got a, maybe another minute. Okay, go on. What were you going to say? Well, I was, you know, we gave the topic for the show as intentionality in marriage. Yes. Now, one thing that stuck out for me as we were listening to them was that how intentional they are in their marriage. They are more proactive. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the things they do in their married life, they are very, you know, they're like, hey, this is what we got to do to keep our marriage getting strong. And I think that really struck me because I, unfortunately, I think a lot of couples, you know, they get swept by every day, yes. swept off their feet because your work and when you have children, you need to be intentional in order to dedicate time to your relationship and make your marriage your priority. And that is where I think people fail, not because they have bad will, but they get caught up with what is urgent and, uh, oh, maybe... It is time to take a break right now. So don't touch the dial. We'll be right back. that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you, and we will make the donation as easy as possible, free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide, and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 
877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Built on the Rock, a radio show dedicated to couples, dating couples, engaged couples, married couples who seek to build their lives and their relationships on the rock that is Jesus Christ. I am Sandy Labuvi. I'm here with my co-host, Father Brito Birchmans, and we are talking about intentionality in marriage. We, um, we had interviewed David and Karen a couple months ago. We're unpacking some of those nuggets. And right before the break, you had brought up this concept of intentionality. And that is one of the um, driving points, I think, that came home in our interview with David and Karen. There were a couple of different ways um, that they had talked about this intentionality. And I'd love to dive into this first one um, that they called couple time or a husband-wife meeting. I'll admit, this was the first time I had heard about a couple reserving time like this every week for this type of a meeting. Um, And I found it just amazing, actually. <laughs> Just Bri was taking notes as they were talking. So basically, this, this couple time that they talk about is a once-a-week meeting. They said it doesn't have to be more than 45 minutes or so, um, depending on what you need to discuss. But this is a time that they come together as a couple, and the structure of it is to, of course, begin with prayer, because that's the foundation that they want to build their, their relationship on and that they want to build this time together upon. So they start with prayer, and then they move into this period where they they talk about honoring each other. And I know that left such an impression Uh, on you, Father. Yeah, you're just chomping at the bit. (laughs) Yeah, because that honoring each other. Yes. No, do you start the meeting in a very positive way to tell you how grateful I am to have you in my life? And uh, we asked them, what is this honoring? They said, 
maybe it's not just a compliment, but you affirm them over something that you saw them do for you. And Karen mentioned they had snow, of course, Minnesota, they have snow. <laughs> and he shoveled. You know, you got up early and shoveled the driveway. She appreciated that. You know, see, especially for a man, that is so important. Now, I jokingly say, you know, if a man washes four dishes and he didn't wash six dishes, you appreciate him for the four dishes he washed other than criticizing for the six dishes he didn't wash. I mean, I'm joking, but it is so important to affirm each other. Yes. See, yes. I mean, I've said this story in the book of Genesis. When God brings Eve to Adam, what does he do? He's so taken up with her. He sings the first love song in all of creation. He says, you are the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. You shall be called woman because you're taken out of man. And a stand-up comedian in America commenting on this story in the Bible, he said, do you know why she's called a woman? Because he took one look at her and he went, oh, man. That sense of appreciation, affirmation, admiration. That is the basis of a healthy marriage. And, and I think that is a great way to start. Instead of, hey, I have a problem with you. Oh, we have to discuss this problem. Start in the positive way. Exactly. And then as you were saying, then it does move on to the more um, mundane, I guess, topics that you may need to discuss. As Karen said, it's it's a kind of a businessy meeting. They make it fun. They may have a glass of wine, but it's either way, it's meant to be dealing with the items um, of business that they need to talk to uh, each other about. So for example, maybe there's something financially that they need to discuss, or there's something in terms of their children that's coming up or an issue perhaps, and they want to make sure that as a couple, they're on the same page when approaching that child. Um, there may be something with schedules that they need to discuss. Uh, imagine life, the two of them with four children. I, there's got to be constant um, mm -hmm. items on the schedule that they'll need to coordinate and whatnot. They may discuss unresolved conflict, you know? Um, and like you said, what better way to approach that than by first recognizing and um, honoring each other and then entering into the more difficult parts of the conversation. Mm -hmm. So that's what this whole meeting is meant to, to be about praying together, honoring each other, and then getting to the matters at hand for that week. Um, they even said that on special occasions, they'll carry this whole honoring idea concept into their family. So it, it comes out of their meeting and it enters into their family. Maybe for a birthday, they make sure that all of, you know, not just as parents, but the siblings as well, spend a little time honoring that sibling on their special day. Um, and what I really, really appreciated about this, the concept itself, I'm already sold on. I think it's incredible. But what I really appreciated about it was when Karen talked about how it does different things for both of them. And it recognizes that men and women both need different things. So for Karen, as a woman, she really needs to feel connected to her spouse. That is so important. And having this meeting helps her to feel very connected to David. Whereas for David, and maybe typical of men, um, more so than the emotional connection, they need to feel that they're checking the boxes off, you know, that, okay, we dealt with the finance topic, okay, now we can move on to this thing, and yes, we've addressed that, we can check that off. So they're able to feel like they're accomplishing the tasks that they feel are important to accomplish as a married couple, while the woman gets that real deep feeling of connection with her spouse. You know, the, very, I, the very idea for me is so crucial. I mean, when I work with my couples preparing them for marriage, 
in my session on communication, I always tell them, you need to dedicate one hour a week to sit across from each other, to talk to each other about each other, you know? And I think that is so important. You know, even in our spiritual life, we have to find a way to spend time with the Lord, to touch base with the Lord. It's the same thing in your marriage, to find time to touch base. Because if we don't do that intentionally, life takes over. Yes. You know, we are all busy. And especially parents nowadays are overcommitted, taking their children to every activity and, you know, sports and everything. So yeah. you need to be intentional to carve out time for that. Yes. Anyway, let's... Let's move on to, yeah, to yes, the next point. I know. We're getting really close to running out of time. So kind of um, another thing that they're very intentional about in their marriage is having what they call a date night. And this is meant to be fun. This is not meant to be business in any way, shape, or form. Karen and David have two dates per month. Um, they'll do one date in and one date out. And she said that the date in can't always be sitting on the couch watching a movie because <laughs> after an exhausting day, that feels really good to do as a couple. So there's time for that. But then make sure if you do that one date in, the next time you have your date in, you do something more interactive, like maybe playing a game or whatever it might look like that you enjoy doing. Um, so the real goal of this is to find time for each other intentionally and to have fun together and remember what it is you enjoy doing with each other as a couple. Another wonderful thing that often gets moved to the back burner when, as you say, the business of day-to-day -day life takes over. Yeah, I mean, see, I tell couples, just because you became parents, you don't stop being spouses. Yes. So you have to give each other time. And especially when you have young children, you know, parents feel guilty. Oh, I'm leaving the children and, and going away. I remember, imagine growing up in India where we are so traditional. My father will take my mother for a movie every now and then. They would just go off. And my sister, older sister, was a nun. She was in charge of us. I still remember this. Wow. Imagine in India they did this. Here you are used to doing dates and other things. We should do even more, you see? Yes. And also I think it is a preparation for the couple to be ready for the time when there will be empty nesters, when there will be no more children, but you got to focus on each other. How do you learn to do that if you don't spend time with each other? Right. And finally, and then I'd like to move on to our closing, but it's also a great witness to your children that they see that mom and dad prioritize time for each other and how important that is. Yes. So yeah, wonderful. But we are near the end of our show. So we want to close in prayer as we always do. And I think we'll go back to what you addressed at the beginning of this show, which is just the heartbreak that is going on right now when we think about what is happening in Ukraine. So if we I know, can, yeah, close. And, uh, yeah. Going back to the Holy Father, you see, when we Lent started, the Holy Father said we should pray and fast. As Billy was talking about Ash Wednesday, the prayer and fasting we do, we should offer it up for peace in Ukraine. Yes. You know, our God is a God of peace. And Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, will call Jesus our peace. Yes. So let us conclude then, you know, with what we started, uh, sending our thoughts and prayers to the people of Ukraine. A prayer for peace in Ukraine. Oh God, our refuge and our strength, look graciously on our broken world. In your boundless mercy, please come to our aid. Human pride and folly have shattered the peace of Ukraine, a sovereign nation. We cry out to you in our need, 
just like the slaves in Egypt under the yoke of Pharaoh. You have the power to rescue our world from the clutches of war and hatred. Come to our aid now. We have nowhere else to turn. Watch over those who are defending their land, heal the wounded, shelter the homeless, and protect the children. Bless all those who in so many ways strive to lessen the pain of the Ukrainian people. May we come to the aid of those who are suffering, touch the hearts of those who have begun this unjustified, unprovoked war. May they repent of their sin and restore peace. Keep our world safe and secure. You are our shelter and protector. Make us instruments of your peace. We ask this in the name of Jesus, who is our peace. Amen. Amen. So we wish our listeners a very fruitful Lenten season. Um, may we be able to draw closer to the Lord through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So until next time, God bless you. It's always a pleasure to share our time with you. Until the next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.